0: Two minutes late. There we go. And we are live. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 62 of Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. I am Pooch of Repcord. (laughs) With me, as always, the King Gloopa this morning, Mr. Andrew Mayhall (laughs) of Gloop. Uh, Greetings, my friend. How are you this week? Greetings, yes. Yeah. Uh I'm exhausted. I, it's as been always. an exhausting week. <laughs> it's been, it's an, been exhausting an exhausting week. month. Yeah. <laughs> uh all of that. Well tell tell us why. What have you been working on? Oh man. Secrets? Well, Is it um, all secret?
1: No, no, I could share a little bit. Okay. So um I mean, I I think first we we should say hi to everyone at uh uh attending Murph. I mean, I know it's not technically that's a, that's a good open idea. yet, but <laughs> you know, for those that are going to Murph, hope you guys have a fantastic time. Uh unfortunately, uh gloop won't be there. Um we uh we had some other commitments that we had made uh and we ended up uh that's why I'm so busy. Uh we're Gloop will be down at open source uh, July 15th and 16th and uh, having a pretty cool spectacle there um, yes, but spectacle. Uh, yeah it's just just gearing up for that big of a show and that big of a drive across the country <laughs>
0: that's uh so. yeah well you love your driving and uh, you got oh, some, yes. you got some hardware uh, which is gonna be exciting to see so for anybody that's thinking about going to open source coming up in July I think it's what the 16th uh 15th and 16th yes 16th uh there's (laughs) bound Mm -hmm. to be some spectacle there we know of at least uh one one good one yes i'm sure there's (laughs) more than one though um yeah awesome well listen on the on the pod today guys we're gonna talk about what are we gonna talk about we're gonna talk about turning uh leads into loyalty that was our our alliteration Mm -hmm. uh for today and and you know, you might look at that and be like, well, what does that mean? We can go any number of directions with it. We probably will go any number of directions with it, as we often do. Uh, but the, the the crux of it is the the concept of customer acquisition, the costs mm-hmm. associated with it, how that compares to customer retention. And we've kind of dabbled and talked about some of this stuff in the past. But yep. uh but you know, I, I wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive because obviously this has got appeal to entrepreneurs of all types, not just maker entrepreneurs that we kind of you know got our start in, and our core audience has, uh, but uh, or is into. Um, but it's obviously something that's uh, useful to to all. So, so that said, we will get into that shortly. But we got to do our housekeeping. So first of all, if you're joining us live on the YouTubes, we record. 9am pacific every just about every friday we were off uh we're off here and there for for various travel mm-hmm. and events and stuff like that so we didn't record last week this is a refreshing opportunity to let me just point out that we, we haven't gotten to just talk to each other in a while yep um yeah. so i'm i'm actually excited to have you know just some good conversation and get, kind of get back to our roots um where we just kind of had that catharsis phone call every week where mm-hmm. we kind of check in with each other and so it's a there's a little maybe a little bit of a different vibe <laughs> different vibe going it's great on, uh, yeah oh i love for it. anybody listening in uh today we don't have uh multiple voices that are necessarily bouncing over a top mm-hmm. it's just going to be the sultry smooth tones of <laughs> of mr andrew mayhall and myself <laughs> uh major gamer geek greetings and 3d musketeers good to see you guys in the chat uh if you uh want to join us in uh, a, f- a future episode and in- interact with us ask us questions uh join the conversation uh the the chat is a great way to do that uh in youtube but we also have the maker that money hotline for anybody that's uh brave enough to call in on our little call-in show mm-hmm. here so those mm-hmm. are ways to interact with us. Uh, as always, please help us like, subscribe, tweet at us, all that stuff. I realized I didn't even tweet out that we're going live. Uh, oh, so no, we're just like <laughs> not doing our housekeeping the way we we want to. But uh, uh, anyway, yes. uh, please, we love hearing from you guys and uh, feed us your commentary and your questions, because we like this to be a conversation. Right, Andrew? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Good. Good talk. Um. So, uh, Michal, uh welcome, my friend. Happy Friday to you as well. Good to have you here. Customer acquisition. Uh, before we get into that, we got to do our wins for the week. Uh, okay. I, I know, uh, like you said, it's been a long week. There's been struggles. I'm gonna. I want you to mm-hmm. pocket that. I want you to put it aside, tuck it away. Uh, not, mm-hmm. not to worry about it for the moment, Andrew. And I want you to pick something good that happened to you. It can be just even a tiny little personal good thing something that well i good. mean what do you got
1: okay so i know you hate when i bring up the retail package oh he's bringing up the it's, retail it's, packaging here. Again. It's, it's here it's here it's, it's arrived it's here it's real it's, guys it's, it's here it's real it's it's, it's, it's real yes At open source. everyone's gonna see it it's it, we got the upc codes everything it's all together and oh, do you I have one in front of so you can excited. we see it
0: can we see it um nah, i'd have to leave my desk it's not <laughs> within arm's reach it's it's beautiful yeah. guys i've seen it it's it's uh amazing uh it looks legit it's like two, two of,
1: years of work one of those <laughs> things
0: though i mean con- first of all congrats like on, on actually landing <laughs> that thing because i know how much of a challenge mm-hmm. it was and for something as, uh, as seemingly innocent as just you know some uh-huh. basic packaging i think when you're like. Us, you know, makers and stuff. There's a specific yeah. way that we want things. We don't have mm-hmm. just money, endless money to throw at the problem, and so the beauty of seeing it come to fruition is just so amplified by the fact that you were able to do it on your terms. And we trade mm-hmm. time, unfortunately, yes. for that and, and money. And and mm-hmm. so I know it's well, been delay and, after I delay mean, and all that stuff, and it still cost money too. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, lots of money and just. You know, dealing with 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 our product, you know, it's a regulated product. So dealing with all of those requirements and regulations and 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 what have you, it, it's just, it was not the most enjoyable time. But I am so glad it is. It is here. It is done. And um, later, uh, here's the other win. Later in this year, we we have a date. I cannot share the date yet, but it's going to be on retail shelves. It is going to be shelves
0: inside yes. of Kmart. No, we don't know. No, yeah, we don't know. Kmart. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> are Kmart still around? Is that still yeah, they are no, I think there are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, you yeah. can work on getting it. No, a Kmart. we're going for
0: big lots. Big big lots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grocery outlet uh on the discount shelf. Um, yes. no, that's that's phenomenal, man. That's I mean that's that's next level, right? And I mean that yes. that is the whole point of the retail packaging because you guys are regulated because mm-hmm. there are very specific restrictions, it's not like you could just get a nice box and do a cutout yeah. and stuff the way that a lot of people can. There's a lot of criteria that you guys have to follow, and so that's huge, yeah. huge, huge yep yeah. and then uh then later this year uh amazon uh will will be on what? amazon wait I, yeah, you know what um we're gonna have to dedicate an episode to the trials yeah. and tribulations of doing business on Amazon because I have many feelings. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. experience. I first. Well, you experience. have experience. I've uh, never done it yet, so um, it's going to be new. <laughs> and 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 everyone's experience are, is different. I actually had a call earlier in the week with a an old dear friend of mine, uh, who who has this really cool business in doing water reclamation systems. Mm. So, uh, repurposing those fifty five gallon like food drums and turn them into nice. like rain catchment systems where there's just like these little gutter pieces and it's a modular. I love it because it's modular and stuff. Really cool project. Uh, they're called blue barrel. Um, maybe I'll have her on at some point. That might be a fun little, that'd be awesome. It's not directly, you know, maker centric, but it's a great little business. And, um, anyway, she was calling to pick my brain about my experiences with Amazon because she's pulling the trigger or was this close to doing so. Uh, so I, Mm -hmm. I, think that that's a good idea. Producer, take a note so we don't forget this because we always uh, we always do. (laughs) Um, I think talking about Amazon and maybe a broader just like various sales channels, because there's plenty of online sales channels, whether you're in Etsy or eBay or selling stuff on Craigslist. I mean, there's like all kinds of stuff and we will touch on that sort of in terms of like online spaces to look for customers and do customer acquisition, which I've been teasing it. We're almost there, guys. We're almost into the meat and mm-hmm. potatoes. Uh, I am just doing my last-minute housekeeping. I'm a little behind, Andrew. I apologize. I'm just going to say we're live. <laughs> come join us so that all our Twitter friends uh, yes, come and join yes. us. If you're not on Twitter, uh, you probably have a good reason. But uh, we love – I don't know why. I've always loved Twitter. That's a digression. Of all the social media, we're going to talk about – social media for customer acquisition too. So, oh, here's all the don't things. There's all that. the things we're talking about <laughs> today, guys. And now we're going to talk about it. Um, okay. So, Andrew, like, uh, when you hear the t- when you hear when you hear our title, what's what were the first things that came to your mind when I said like let's do leads to loyalty? He said, "Okay, what does that mean?" <laughs> um,
1: y- yeah, so, you know, as a as a business, um, you know, we are w- you know, we constantly have to keep money coming in to keep those that engine running uh the the business alive it is the lifeblood of, of any business it's the rocket right
0: fuel it's the what yes <laughs> yeah money baby. and
1: and and so unfortunately you know it's not like where you know you're guaranteed this sort of money or income. Right. Uh, you, you know, as a as a business, you have to keep working for it. It's like you know, it's a it's a resource that essentially you have to go and mine out of the ground. Right. In this case, you know, we have to convince customers to buy our products or pay for our services. Yeah. Um, and you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of feelings. Um, you know, a lot of hopeful and exciting feelings. You know, when you say leads to loyalty. Um, but also some very dreadful ones, like you know, knowing that when you're just getting started every dollar counts and then how do you convince people to you know try your product when you're brand new and never existed before yeah. um, you know something we had experience with firsthand yeah um, you know most every company or, or maker or entrepreneur is gonna have that experience um, you know unless you're you know doing the same thing that a bunch of other people are doing and then in which case you're competing with someone else so you know it, it, again it's still very similar things but
0: sure. <laughs> Well, and not so not all leads obviously lead mm-hmm. to loyalty as well. But with the when I when when I laid that out it was very purposeful in my mind because I feel like customer acquisition should be a two phase process, right? It's like, okay, first so you you, you broke it down perfectly. Uh money, lifeblood. A lot of times it feels mm-hmm. like you're bleeding out. Good so mm-hmm. analogy just goes out all the, all the time. You gotta love the taste yep. of your own blood, you know, all these, all these little metaphors and analogies <laughs> we drop out there, but, uh, who has the money? The customers have the money. You need to get the money mm-hmm. from the customers, right? Okay. So <laughs> you, your, your choices then are get more customers, get customers mm-hmm. to pay more for your products, uh, mm-hmm. or or get repeat business from existing customers. Mm-hmm. we've mentioned before the the cost of customer acquisition and this is debatable based on where you know what industry you're in and stuff but i would say sure. it is generally a good rule of thumb that the cost the cost of customer acquisition when you f- you know factor all the things into it is mm-hmm. almost always higher than the cost of retention and repeat yep. business mm-hmm. depending on what your product or service is is, uh, that's you know, th- there's gonna be some variation in there. Ideally, mm-hmm. you have you. So you, for example, Gloop, you have a consumable product. So yep. anybody that you capture, as long as you're keeping them happy, showing them value, showing that your solution is better than alternatives, mm-hmm. you've got the advantage of I have this person, their mind to lose. Point. Yeah, they're they're
1: gonna run out of gloop and they're At gonna some probably point, want more. they're gonna run out mm-hmm.
0: of the gloop. Uh mm-hmm. and so having a consumable product is great. I have mm-hmm. I, I don't what would you call the uh an, an evergreen? What's the opposite where it's like uh, rep boxes, like mm-hmm. yes, people can buy more if they want to store more filament, mm-hmm. but uh yes. it, it is not a consumable in the same way. And so it's like I have to find mm-hmm new people to sell to And thankfully we're in a growth industry and there's new people joining the space and there's new technologies enabling new use cases yep. for our product and stuff like that. So it's not like uh, my fear of saturating the market, uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, I think a lot of people have that fear with, with a product based thing. Like at some point oh. I'm going to saturate the market. Yes, that is mm-hmm. possible, mm-hmm. but there are other ways. And that's why we do, revisions. That's why we do upgrades. That's why we do, you know, cause yep. Apple's not worried about saturating the market with iPhones. They know they're going to have another one in a year that everybody's going to want again. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So then yep. you, your focus needs to become revisions and expansion and, you know, getting new features in mm-hmm. there and all that stuff too. So it's a different, different style thing. Uh, the, the, investment in R and D, you know, you or a Coca-Cola or a company that has a consumable might be mm-hmm. lucky enough to have a formulation that holds up for decades on end. Sure. Where maybe mm-hmm. there's a huge upfront cost associated with that, but at some point, mm-hmm. hopefully you're just kind of growing and growing and growing. And I think, I don't want to speak for you, but you're starting mm-hmm. to see that tip now, right? Where yep. it's like, we've put a lot That's of That's exactly in, right. And now mm-hmm. it's, now it's grow time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: mean, you know, to, to kind of add to that, you know, as a, uh, the the exciting pieces of of that leads to loyalty is is when you when you have uh eventually convinced a customer to buy and try your product um and you know there's there's that positive you you know there's that positive interaction or you know it it meets the customer's need Mm -hmm. uh you know it's With a consumable, right, we kind of build our business model to count on at least some of those customers coming back right? uh, so that we can actually plan. Because being a bootstrap company, um, you know, which we both are, but in two very different industries, well, we're in the same industry, but two different segments, if you will. Sure. um, You know, we have to plan for what the next month looks like for glue, for production, what it looks like for, in terms of purchasing our materials, everything right. else, because every single bottle that we sell has to pay for the bottle that we just sold, the next bottle and some portion of the following bottle and all of the overhead to make those basically three bottles of a product. That's right. Um, you, you know, and that's where, when it comes into like some of the planning aspects, it, it gets really kind of, you know exciting but also daunting because it's like how do you plan for for that growth, how do you plan? Like, when does a customer come back? How long does it take them to come back and order? Right. Uh, you know, for us, like I can I, I can dive in more uh, details later, but you know, it's anywhere from ninety to one hundred and twenty days we'll see a customer come back and purchase. Yeah, and that's actually really beneficial for us because we can plan on saying, okay, hey, we're gonna have X number percentage come in and repurchase our product moving forward. But in terms of like a, a hardware product like yours, yeah. You might get that customer and not see them for another year or two years or, uh, ever. you know, yeah, yeah. or ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so that's where, you know, there's so many like unknown pieces to this. And, it, it, you know, it's it's exciting and awesome, but also incredibly frustrating and, and worrisome in the same breath.
0: <laughs> so forecast, so here's another note for a producer. Forecasting is just such a deep dive. Like, and mm-hmm. it is one of the most frustrating components of what we do because it's like, you're absolutely right. You need to have those business intelligence tools. It's, it's mm-hmm. really, really hard to do that without the data. Right, so when you're getting started, yep. I would never advise. I mean, you need to set a target and have an understanding mm-hmm. and compare to like where you, where you need to be. Ultimately, you need to decide something and go with it. But yep. you're gonna be way off until you can start to draw trend lines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky if you're you know kind of in the zone. So you've grown to the point now where I think you can start to get some expectations Mm -hmm. you see things through the seasons that's the other thing is like a lot of the these things are cyclical depending on time of year summer for us has historically always been a slower time people are just out more they're not doing hobby stuff and thinking about buying equipment for their lab or their you know their maker space Mm -hmm. or whatever um yeah And I imagine you probably see a a somewhat similar trend, but maybe you're a little more insulated from it. I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Because you're in hockey stick growth right now too, and so that's where I was gonna say the
1: past the past six months of all of our data is no no longer meaning it's meaningful it's right it's just out the window uh you know because the trends are broken and the the charts are all over the place um you know some days we'll have a record sale day literally again over again you know like highest sale day ever and then the next day we'll do you know a really you know mediocre day where it's just enough to keep lights on if you will yeah you know if you look at it on a day-by-day basis yeah um but you know but our general trend is has been up but yeah (laughs) it's
0: it's one of those things where it's like you need and of course like anytime like for on a product basis stuff it's like the vendors that i'm buying from are always like well how many of these are you gonna need because like my pricing is tied to how much i can order over time and if i miss Mm -hmm. i tie up a ton of my cash Mm -hmm. in stuff that I could yes. be using for other things. And so that's a, that's a really tough thing, but the, the benefits of longevity and being around really start to shine mm-hmm. in that aspect because it's, that's where that, that rich get richer thing. It's like, okay, yeah. I have a lot more purchasing power. Now I get much mm-hmm. better pricing because I buy in volume. My shipping rates are way lower because I'm shipping more. Yep. And so, yeah. you know, remembering that and holding on to that value. Like, like I put years into getting to where I am and I have a massive advantage here. I need mm-hmm. to, to make sure I can leverage it. Let's pin that mm-hmm. for another episode where we can talk more about forecasting <laughs> and all that stuff. Cause awesome. we're digressing a little bit, but again, it's all, sure. inter- it's all interwoven. Um, mm-hmm. when we're talking about customer acquisition and the money and all that stuff. So you, you mentioned forecasting and all that stuff and, and how it ties mm-hmm. back. It's like, you want to get a sense yep. of when your customers are going to need more. On average. Yep, exactly. And and then you Mm -hmm. need to factor in growth on top of that. So we've got new customers Mm -hmm. coming in. I always like to say uh, to people when you're getting started in business, you don't have a sales problem, you have an awareness problem. You on a daily basis are probably exposed to customers that are just like, i have never heard of you before. Um, Yep. And you're, you know, how many years in now? Four, we are five five we are five, five years, years in official mm-hmm. okay yep, five so, uh, five official the, <laughs> that feels so wild to as hear, of as of right? today actually congrats as congrats on your five year anniversary. Gloop day that, that was yes. happy gloop day to everyone <laughs> yes. uh by the way in the chat just a quick shout out to a couple uh major gamer Geek suggested gloop today to a buddy uh major gamer geek did your buddy know about gloop had he heard of it before uh or did you suggest it to him um and he was like oh i've never heard of that i'll check it out just curious. Nathan Chu. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, Eddie Moser, my, my long time. Good, good friend. Eddie, uh, loves to, uh, uh, support what we do and give me, um, yeah. Give me love in many ways. Uh, that sounds bad. Uh, he says, how do I plant one of those money trees you have? Uh, funny enough. I actually just bought something that's actually called a money tree. Uh, Cause I, I was on a kick to get carbon scrubbing oh. plants in here. Um, so you go down to your local nursery, Eddie, and you ask for a money tree and they will give you one. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's not, not real money. Um, it takes a long time investing in nurturing and all that stuff uh, for it to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And even then uh, you have your seasons where uh, it does not um, produce the bumper <laughs> crops that you would hope sometimes. So that, that's my answer to that um anyway good to see you buddy um where were we i i digressed <laughs> you were talking about uh customer sorry uh, mm-hmm. awareness bringing in but you know yeah you were talking you. about the awareness yeah yep. exactly yep yep mm-hmm. yep. okay so let's let's try to come up with some good tangible advice on where to find customers. let's start at the beginning Okay, so say mm-hmm. say you're new. If you're in the chat and you're kind of getting new, you newer, and obviously you're looking for new ways to get mm-hmm. your message out there that hey, I exist. I've got something that you might need. What yeah. are the first steps in getting those first customers? Right. So sure. I've written yeah. down a couple notes. Do you want to start? Do You have some ideas, and we'll see where the overlap sure. is. Sure. Okay. I mean,
1: I'll 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 go with exactly what we did with Glue. Um, first, you know, we, we had this idea or we had a, you know, we, we had a solution for a problem that we were experiencing Yes. and we wanted to see if other people would share the same excitement that we got when we realized we had a solution. Uh, and so what we did was we actually made prototype bottles and we sent them out to people in the community right they were just random people we also reached out to some influencers and some other things saying hey this is what we've been doing would you be interested in trying this yeah. um and this goes in directly to a customer acquisition cost because it's we are taking the money that we have inside our company building prototype products whatever it might be and then giving them away for free to see what kind of reaction people have. Right. And we collect that data, right. right? We were mining for data, if you will. Right, uh, And then from there, uh, we decided, okay, hey, there's something to this. Um, so we are going to, again, invest in something. In this case, we did a Kickstarter. So we invested in a platform Uh, to help market our product and get it in front of people who were early adopters, who are easier or more willing to throw money at something with the potential of it might never show up. Right. Um, But that's a different class of customer than your everyday general customer. Um, And then again, expanding upon that, uh, we then created programs where we would give away free samples Customers would just pay for shipping mm-hmm. so they could try the product completely for free besides the transport cost to get to them. And then we'd give them a discount on top of the product if they do decide to convert into a customer. All of this is part of trying to get customers and looking for ways in which we can make it easier for them to try the product or, you know, just, you know, get on board. So that, that acquisition, if you will.
0: Yep. That's the sexy term, customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. So, and that and that's an actual uh, metric, customer acquisition cost mm-hmm. (CAC). Uh, and mm-hmm. you brought up some some really you know interesting points. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of strategies for getting out there. I would say to t- to take it a step back. It's like one of the common threads that binds us all as makers. A lot of times is, is like I have this problem. I fixed mm-hmm. this problem for me this probably has value for other people out there. That's exactly how we yep. got started. I did not create the rep box with my buddy Travis originally with the thought that it, I was going to sell it. It was not, mm-hmm. I mean, not not immediately at least. It was just like, yeah. we got a ton of filament. I'm tired of it like laying on the floor, desks, drawers, wherever. I just want to make a nice mm-hmm. little display case and I can hang it on the wall. And we did that and other people were like, that's cool, I want that. That's great. And so it's like, we we took it to a trade show, uh, uh and, mm-hmm. and said that when we went to the first earth, we got yeah. immediate feedback. Uh, we're like, okay, I guess we're onto something here. Right. And so our, um, a lot of times your initial customer acquisition is just justification of the idea, uh, which is, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So there's value certainly beyond the idea of like selling, bringing dollars in. Yes, that's critical like you said, your data mining, and this is a really, really yeah. common model. The main challenge with all of these things is you have to have runway to do that because it's very yeah. rare. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's pretty rare that you can just hit the ground running with no resources mm-hmm. whatsoever. Just start selling and organically grow. Right. Yeah. I, it's, exactly. It's possible. But my God, would that be? I mean, sure. We're already li- li- living close enough to the wire as it is. <laughs> uh, and I've, I was going to say, yes, it's, it's sometimes it gets really hairy. <laughs> right. Uh, and it does. Um, as yeah. compared to, say, the venture capital or fund backed mm-hmm. or, or whatever, where it's like, you know, you've got stuff and there's there's benefits and disadvantages to both. Um, we're both bootstrap. We're both fans of that because I think it just, it makes you accountable in a way that you just don't get with venture backed mm-hmm. stuff where people just don't have the same skin in the game. It's easier for you to like coast and not have to like really do the work. Um, yep. and I know people are going to take on bridge to that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a CEO and we're venture backed and I'm here, you know, 120 hours a week and blah, 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 blah. Yes. Fine. <laughs> But generally speaking, you know, when it's, mm-hmm. when it's your funds, your finances on the line and stuff like that, you are motivated like you mm-hmm. know, none other, um, because you have Absolutely. to be, you're operating, you know, without a safety net in a lot mm-hmm. of regards. And it's not like, well, if this thing folds, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. anyway, digress. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we do customer acquisition a lot of times to just get the value of establishing legitimacy, establishing, mm-hmm. is there a market? doing research sometimes it doesn't come to sometimes you're investing that and realizing hey maybe this isn't what i thought and there's value in that too sometimes coming to the Mm -hmm. to to know is actually more beneficial Mm -hmm. right because i think there's a lot of people that go blindly in with the if Mm -hmm. i build it they will come mentality yep which Mm -hmm. is a terrible business fallacy yes Uh, and 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 that actually
1: brings up a yeah sorry sorry to cut you off that no, actually no, brings up a a really interesting point is um so there was a there was a point in time where i did some uh consulting for a company um that built uh, you, you know really expensive electrical equipment um and it, i was in their kind of cons- their new budding consumer division and doing some new product development research. And one of those things that we did was we actually bought a space in a mall so that we could actually talk to people that were walking by uh, and then we'd give them a five or $10 Starbucks gift cards, just mining data. Uh, What we were doing is asking them questions about what they liked for their thermostats, uh, what they didn't like with their thermostats, all all of this data on how they used their thermostat, how they interacted with it. it, you know, silly little things. But we would give them, you know, gift cards for Starbucks or for, you know, whatever, whatever place. And it was, again, just trying to see, is there a market for something that you are trying to go and pursue yeah at this point nothing actually happened like we there was no thermostat there was nothing in development it was just an idea right and it was could we get data and could we actually drive you know derive something to build a business out of um you know in in many cases that is the best way to go about building a business don't do the build it they will come you you know because you're going to spend tons of money you know in this particular organization was a multi-billion dollar organization sure they could have thrown money at it but they 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 don't want to
0: do that (laughs) and you know we've talked about this is a book drop for anybody that likes to read and all that stuff but we've talked about tim Ferriss's four-hour work week before too but the Mm -hmm. basis of a lot of what he talks about too is exactly what you're talking about like get the idea out there and get the the response and the feedback out as quickly as possible to just even see if you've got something. And he comes across yep. as a real dick in a lot of it because it's just like, he's just <laughs> he's just brutally yeah. aggressive about that, and then a lot of times nothing mm-hmm. comes to fruition. So a lot of people dismiss him as uh, um, a yeah, blowhard and in, in, in a lot of regards yeah. and stuff like that. But there is merit to the the notion that it's like, you gotta find ways to test the water. Money always mm-hmm. talks to people, right? So if you're offering a gift yep. card and stuff, we're always, we're hammered. Think about your inbox, mm-hmm. your, your, the, yep. the phone calls that you're getting, all that stuff of we're like, Hey, buy my product, do this. I, I try, try this for us and all that, you know, and everybody's just, you got noise coming at you left and right. And so you need yep. a way to engage a customer in a meaningful way to, first of all, just get their attention, right. And not get thrown mm-hmm. in the bin with every other sales pitch and market, like that is the internet. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, social media, you can draw this back mm-hmm. to all kinds of things. It's almost like we're just like wandering through this town square where everybody's just selling something and 99% of it, you don't want or need. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so hard for that one thing that maybe you do where you're like, I didn't, you didn't know you needed it. You can't find the guy. It doesn't feel like a very efficient means. And so What I'm Mm -hmm. getting at is when you're doing your customer acquisition, instead of going broad to like the town square model, Mm -hmm. try to find the quiet rooms where these groups of people that share those. And it's the community piece. So that's why Mm -hmm. a lot of us are here. We're in a maker community. A lot of us are in 3D printing communities. There's niches amongst niches, amongst niches, niches, Mm -hmm. get pitches. That's my (laughs) like that. I just came up with that. I love it. I love uh, it. Pitches, and, pitches. <laughs> um, and uh really step back and think about if somebody's approaching you and trying to sell something to you, or maybe not like sell, mm-hmm. right? Like makers hate being sold to, right? We sure. want to be sharing mm-hmm. ideas, we want to have conversations. Mm-hmm. Like we use things like, Well, what do you think about this? Or is this is that interesting to you? Would you use that? Mm-hmm and I'm not talking about putting surveys out there. You know how I feel about surveys. I, I yeah. don't like focus groups. I don't like surveys. I want tangible. Would you pay hard earned money? And the only way to know that is collect customers on stuff. Will they pay you mm-hmm. money for it? There's a lot of people yep. that talk a good game and then mm-hmm. you're like, great, uh, cool. We built this thing. Everybody said that it sounds good because people yep. don't want to like burst your bubble when you're doing a survey and they're like, well, I can just say I will, and they'll never, you know, exactly know buy it or not. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's value, but that's a that's a partial rant inserted in there as well. So communities. <laughs> so being mm-hmm. a and and guys, setting realistic expect guys and gals, people, everyone, uh, <laughs> set realistic expectations for a time frame on what you know, what kind of runway you've got. So, you know, you've got a certain amount of money that you're going to have to spend on sending out samples, you know, taking time to go to trade shows, perhaps, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe some of these things are going to be less expensive than others, but you you need, to uh, you need to be playing a long game to some extent, Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be at least a 90 day process, uh, a six month process. And, and it's always going to take longer than you think. And it's always going to cost more than you think. So take that and then double it. Um, I don't know. What do you think of that metric? Oh, no,
1: absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I mean, when we, when we went set out to launch Gloop, um, You know, we had this idea that, okay, hey, we're going to do the Kickstarter thing. Things are going to start taking off fairly quickly after that. Um, You know, we're going to be able to hire employees, uh, you know, everything else. That didn't happen. Not to say that, um, you know, we, you know, like it was a bad thing. Uh, in many cases i think actually it was better for us um but you know it was a it was a very slow climb for the first couple of years to the point where we were profitable enough where we could pay bills on time or right. we could you know at least have some money to continue research and development to other products or or whatever else um you know and yeah i mean absolutely it comes back to it all it all comes back to trying to figure out how as a as a business you get more customers. Um, you know, there were times in which we had giveaways where we were doing like monthly things where if you tagged us or you had, you know, a project that used our, our, our products, um, you posted about it, and then we would give away a bottle of our product and a shirt or something else. Right. Um, you know, we tried all sorts of things to help build that awareness right. and, you know, get more customers in because we knew that once we had them, right they were
0: much easier to sell to. So, um, right. It's like, okay, you've if, got my attention mm-hmm. now. This has value, yeah. right? It's like this is, yeah. the proof is in mm-hmm. the pudding. The proof is in the glooping. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so, you know, if I were to actually put some data to it, I, I think I remember our first year, you know, we haven't really done a whole lot of advertising until about this year, maybe a little bit earlier, about a year, year and a half now. Um, But we just started getting into it. But our first year... Um, you know, when we would give away a product, um, we had our free samples, uh, it would cost us, I think it was around $2 for that sample. Uh, the customer would pay for the shipping and then, you know, we would ship it to them. They would hopefully come back. Usually it was around 30 days that they would place an order for either, you know, one of our products or 75 milliliter or 120 milliliter bottle at that point you know, it was okay. They had converted. Now I believe our numbers were around 23%, 23%. So of this free samples that we sent out, cause we, how we built this up is we said, we are going to make a thousand free samples. We had enough money okay. to do that.
0: That's your runway.
1: And so we, we, that was our runway. Okay. And we released them over the course of however long it took. We hoped that it would go in, you know, about two or three months. Um, You know, I think it ended up taking us about four or five months to go through that. Um, But of those of those samples that we sent out, we had around 230 come back with the codes that we had on there and convert into actual purchases um, of the thousand that we did. Okay. which you know it made it worth it because it paid for the thousand and it, you know also paid for the the bottles that they purchased right, and yeah. it made them aware right. and then from there we actually started mining more data and we found that of those customers that purchased it they would come back in around a hundred days to purchase another bottle. Um, now it, you know it, it would then create this this ongoing you know reaction if you will uh-huh. where there was a you know after the first bottle about 100 days they'd come back purchase another one but only a smaller and smaller percentage of it so of the 23 percent that ended up coming and purchasing around 10 percent of those ended up so around 23 people would uh-huh. come back in about 100 days and buy another bottle right 23 to 25 i believe and then you know so on and so forth it kept dwindling right and so you know that's kind of what you see with these 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 um know consumables but at some point you know some of the some of those you know pieces were longer tail like they would come in six months later or a year later um but it's all about trying to figure out how how much does it cost you and then how much does it cost you to keep that customer happy so what we would do then is, is we would market to those people that came back offering them bigger more exclusive discounts right Trying to game the system. Um, the, ex- you know, the exclusive and-
0: is a is a key point there that I want to I want to drill mm-hmm. in on because that is a that is a tactic. And and Josh uh, Cad Class in the chat mentions this as well. Uh, intense personalization or when 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 people feel like you have a relationship that they're on the mm-hmm. inner circle. Right. It's like look, you're one of our customers now. We value your feedback. We are we are giving you this discount, and that 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 it, it mm-hmm. is so powerful in, in your ability to retain and oftentimes win customers for life. Right. And not Mm -hmm. just where the, the beauty of that is not just in them coming back and buying, but what we were talking about before, like major gamer geek, making the recommendation to somebody else, they bring a friend along, right? I, Andrew's a good dude. He makes a good product. You really got to check this thing out They're They're advertising for you.
1: Yes, that, exactly. that is
0: why you have to win hearts and minds. That's why the the value of the customer acquisition goes well beyond just the immediate money that they're spending, because the mm-hmm. the exponential effect of how mm-hmm. many of those people start advocating on your behalf for no other reason than just altruism or they're excited to share that they know about something that worked really well, mm-hmm. solved a problem for them. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I also, yeah. I also think again, a-
1: along those lines of do things that don't scale. Like, I love that. I love that adage. That's something we do here. Like we, I think it was a few episodes ago. Explain, we talked about explain what that
0: means to people that haven't heard that adage before, by the way. Sure. So, so doing
1: things that don't scale is like do things that literally as your business continues to grow, you can't keep doing. Right. Because at some point it's going to cost you way more to do that thing than you know it actually does to run the business. Right. Um. You, you know. And so, but what it does do is it gives you that either that interaction or that touch, uh, you know, with the customer that sets you apart from everyone else. Absolutely. Um, and and so one of the things that that we We talked about in a a previous episode, I can't remember, but it was about reviews um, and why they are beneficial and why, you know, maybe they're not so beneficial. Depends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we had just started experimenting with reviews back then. And I think actually our review platform has become an incredible, um, you know, asset to us in that we can have interactions with our customers. So customers... Are very quick to judge a product sometimes, and they will leave a nasty review. Oh yeah, but what it does is allows us to actually reach out to that customer directly, whereas they wouldn't have actually emailed us about the product, which is weird. They just want to leave a review at one star, and then you know complain, but not actually email us about their issue. So what we were doing is we would actually reach out to them, and we would talk with them, and then the moment that we did do this, they they completely turned around. They're like, oh wait i didn't realize this and you know like we started having conversation with them we either refund them or give them a discount or help them again doing this thing that doesn't really scale it's like okay well why are you reaching out to a one-star review it doesn't matter but what it would do is it it actually converted them yeah it does matter it converted them into someone like hey these guys are awesome and it also helps like you know, people know like, okay, I'm part of the, you know, the founding team of Gloop. And when they see my name in the email, they're like, Oh, you're Andrew. You're, you're, you're the guy who, who runs. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching out. This yeah. is something that, you know, people aren't really accustomed to in many cases, Yeah, absolutely. um, you know, well, and, so. and we
0: need to revisit reviews because that again, there's just so much in there, but like reviews are about power guys. Like a lot of times mm-hmm. people are, um, it, it, it i'm not gonna say always but i would say generally my perception a lot of times it's like how can i i am upset it's it's it's, it goes one of two ways you don't see a lot of middle Mm -hmm. of the road reviews right i'm upset yeah how can i unleash my rage you know in a a meaningful (laughs) way uh and a lot of times it's misguided rage right um and so you if there's one thing you learn over and over as a small business and doing business online, it's, you have to have a thick skin. You have to understand mm-hmm. that people, you know, a lot of times there's like this, well, who hurt you, dude? Like, cause there's something greater beyond the, yep. the, the review <laughs> that, that's yeah. contributing to that. Um, but if you can get past that and if you can mm-hmm. really figure out what's going on, okay, like I, I, I get it. You, yeah. you can win them back over for life. In fact, a lot of times those bad interactions end up becoming a much more loyal and and they'll mm-hmm. advocate for you and they'll do like so much more when they just feel like, oh my gosh, I was in pain and I shouted and I never expected to hear anything. And then they were there and they addressed mm-hmm. it and they made it right. Even if even yep. if they didn't have to because I didn't use it right because yes. I didn't read the directions and all that yep. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That, that's again there's so much to talk about in in the, that mechanism of reviews and stuff like that and yes mm-hmm. sometimes there's value in not but to back to your point about things that don't scale uh, mm-hmm. as you grow as a business you as the founder and the owner like don't have the time mm-hmm. to be on there and you shouldn't be it is ir- almost yes. irresponsible of you to it be is. spending your time mm-hmm. that way not not always mm-hmm. i think it's always good to have a finger on the pulse and if you want to go in and you know check yep. it out every once in a while. I think there's value in that, but um, mm-hmm. excellent point. I want to go back to something Eddie had brought up earlier. I want to talk about advertising. Uh, specifically, he okay. mentions push advertising. So I don't know if you saw his comment. He had a good question. He says, is push advertising viable for startups at the cost of creating accurate targets for the push to, f- or I think he's trying to say, or is the push too financially taxing on resources? Are hmm. you... Do you see the comment and and do you yeah? Are you getting the the gist of it? You know, I, I mean,
1: advertising is one of those things where. I've never and you know I've never really done a whole or had a whole lot of experience with it. And it's one of those things where we are just starting to dip our toes into it right now. Um, we started paying for, you know, Google AdWords and you know some Facebook ads, uh, you know, trying to get kind of the word out. Um yes. what I can say is is that what I've learned is is if if you set it up correctly correctly and you know what you're doing, it could be incredibly powerful.
0: Absolutely. Um
1: but, you know, I think it really comes down to the type of product you have and the type of customer that you're going after. Um, you, you know, it, it really... It, it's it's difficult because yeah. so i know experienced. As yeah yeah I, yes I'm not experienced enough to really say definitively like does it make sense yeah. um but if if you're experienced in it you know I think it it probably would make sense like for instance just to share some real world numbers with you do it for something that we've been doing for about a year um you know we started playing with Google ads um about a year and a half ago. And we actually upped it recently, about three or four months ago. Um, it was a very low budget, just to you know have something there. Um, we were advertising for best glue for PLA. To give you an idea, we we were we were spending it, we're spending now like sixteen dollars a day, um, you know, on on this to basically come up. Okay. We have a conversion ratio of around twenty five percent of that. So really, that means that's really good for a conversion. Really rate, guys, good on an ad buy. Really good, um, and and we have a cost for conversion at forty five cents. So what that means is is when the customer comes in, right? We it's we spend forty five cents to actually convert that customer into a customer and we were spending $16 a day. So I mean you can kind of if you really want to, you could kind of work back some math on on the number of sales that we were getting just from this advertising alone. I mean that's that's um, nothing. I mean and you you, yeah. you you
0: can factor in some additional mm-hmm. admin time and all that stuff. This is this is directed mm-hmm. uh uh yeah. metrics based on what's provided just just from the ad analytics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and so and so again, I think it really does make a lot of sense for you know push advertising and and really just you know getting that word out but it really comes down to how well do you do it um and i could say like i was just throwing things at the wall here this is just you know could we actually make something work and it started it started showing off so you know maybe it's a it's a thing where you try it out you dip your toes into it and then you, you know, if you start seeing it take off, maybe use some of the funds that are coming in to get someone involved who actually knows what they're doing. <laughs>
0: and, and I got to echo you. And I got to tell you, my answer to your question, Eddie, is you're you you going to get out of it, like most things, what you put into it. And so again, mm-hmm. if you're not setting some degree of expectation for how long you need to try it out and what you're doing and the amount of effort that you're going to think. So let's mm-hmm. break this down a second. So my approach to doing targeted ad advertising and i honestly Mm -hmm. have not been doing this as of lately uh the way that andrew has Mm -hmm. and i probably should revisit it because Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's all about opportunity cost when we're dealing with stuff when our time and our energy and what we can put stuff to but when it's putting time and energy toward things that are converting to customer acquisition and sales Mm-hmm. Those are things that you need to keep doing. It's not, these are not the sexy things that we as makers want to be doing we want to make cool shit. Mm-hmm. I get that. But like we've said multiple times and it has been said in the chat, just because you build it doesn't mean they're going to show up and you have to sell and you have to continue to sell and you have to continue to continue to sell. So the, the keeping that flywheel turning and those mechanics are so important. I feel like we are in a spot now where I have let that, go for too long and we are paying a price for it now. And so we're trying mm-hmm. to recorrect it or correct, right the ship, however you want to say it. Um, yeah. yeah it, it's funny. I feel hypocritical in a lot of this where it's like, I have experience and I've done a ton of this in the past. And yet so much of this advice that I'm, I, I would say that works. I am not even implementing myself because <laughs> I'm frankly overwhelmed yeah. with all the things. Uh, so the, the focus, like I know one of the biggest challenges to my personality and knowing myself, and I'm still working on life hacking through this is that like you, I, I want to do a lot of the, uh, these different things. I want to be involved in these projects. I want to travel to these shows. I want to do all of this stuff. And I've got so many like half finished things that I have not Mm -hmm. really, you know, that, that focus, these things that are drawing your attention away. Fundamentally, no. I need to be dialing that in and focusing on the key things that are moving the needle the most. Sales, sales, sales is always, always one of those things. Mm -hmm. Sales and marketing, advertising, all of that falls into the same umbrella. I'm wildly Mm -hmm. gesticulating and whacking my mic here. Um, (laughs) But this is – it cannot be overstated, the importance Mm -hmm. of that effort and continue to do that. And I would say that I was probably a bit backwards because I am the only one in my company that sells. Um, mm-hmm. and I suspect the same for you. I don't know if other Andrew has yes. any commitment to that as well. Right. Um, mm-hmm. that may be backwards, like strategically. It, it, Cause like the first thing as you start to grow is like, well, I need more help with production, which is true. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but at some point, you know, this is one of those things that may, may or may not scale. It makes yeah. the most sense as the founder to be the one to sell because you are the cheerleader. You are the one that is most invested in this. Um, mm-hmm. but if you cannot, if you're not real with yourself and you cannot continually make sure that you're putting that effort in to continue to do that, you're going to get in a bad way really quick. And it, yeah. maybe that's the point where you're like, I need to bring a sales marketing person in. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. I need to move a tranche of money over to that budget from R and D or production or yep. whatever else it is. Uh, because if you're mm-hmm. not selling, you're dead in the water, and you, you you're only gonna live off of your churn and your hype cycle for so long. Because even the most established things, even the biggest cut, you know, yep. can can fail if they can cont- if they fail to continue to maintain relevance and sell. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that that's me <laughs> proselytizing here from the from behind the mic? But. Um, <laughs>
1: I mean I will I will say that you know one of the one of the things that we've tried to kind of reshift our focus here on gloop is, is um you know we're going through this crazy growth spurt uh where it is very difficult for us to keep up with production and order fulfillment and and everything else as the founder or one of the founders I should say um you know we you know we always are struggling with how do we balance the time, specifically my time, because I'm full time here, of uh, order fulfillment and production and then research and development. Right. Uh, and then on top of that sales. Thankfully, we have one of those products where once people try it and you know know it, it sells itself. People then recommend it to other people. And so we haven't been beating the sales drum as effectively as we should be, hmm. uh, and that has limited our growth. But you know, now, thankfully, things are starting to pick up where we have some extra capital that we are trying to divert into. Could we start spending more in advertising? Could we seriously get someone involved in managing our ads account that knows some of this, this stuff better than we do? Could we work on developing some creatives yes. so that we could then put those on Facebook or Instagram or yes. TikTok? and get people talking further. Um, Because I I think the biggest thing that's going to take you from a startup to a company is is that transition of of how do you take this thing, like founders that are just working on their things in their garage or their house, and then putting processes around it and then turning it into something that's constantly repeatable. And we have, at Gloop, we have to do all of these things at the same time because we're bootstrapped and we don't have all of the money available at once. Right. Um, you know, we've been making incremental upgrades to production capacity. You know, I have you know my wife helping out. Uh, you know, with order fulfillment to try and just eke out a little bit more time. You know, so that we can you know do other things. But it's a it's a juggling act. And uh, you know, I think focusing on making those sales is probably the number one thing at some point. Um, And I think that, you know, internally, that's where we're really shifting to is how do we keep more people coming in the door so that we can unlock more resources so
0: that we can then focus on hiring the people to do the fulfillment. (laughs) I mean, we talk about it. We say it over and over. Money is the lifeblood. Sales Mm -hmm. is the key to the lifeblood. Right. So you Mm got to do that. I, I, I. the, the the product that sells itself is an interesting thing because it's like you can coast, I don't want to say coast, but you can rely on that sure. for a period mm-hmm. of time. But the problem mm-hmm. is is that as your company grows, its needs and its expenses get bigger and all of that stuff. And yep. so you can, you can really get lost easily in the sense that our ability to coast on what our trend and our sales was three years ago was way higher Mm -hmm. than it is now because, you know, unfortunately like costs and stuff didn't like, and sales did not increase to Mm -hmm. support the investment that we put in to get to that production scale. So that's where the dangers Mm -hmm. of potentially and the pitfalls come in of, of doing that. Yes, it will sell itself to an extent, but then you grow. And if you're not keeping up percentage wise with your sales and marketing effort to, to Mm -hmm. match that growth and that expense need that's dangerous territory. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So Eddie uh, goes on to let's keep, let's try to put a bow around this advertising thing for a second. He goes, would having an advertising agency focused on making that uh, be viable or valuable? Um, Maybe. Uh, I think it's, if if you're looking at where to invest money and whether or not, it's it's the age old question. Do we do it ourselves or do we pay somebody else to do it because we want to trade that money for the time? As long as it's freeing mm-hmm. me up to do something more valuable. So my yeah. answer to that would be, if you feel that your time could be spent truly doing something that's going to move the needle more significantly then yes, pay the advertising agency. Or if you feel that somebody else can produce it cheaper or maybe on par your product and they can do that and then you can use that time to invest more in R&D and that's gonna grow the business better, then do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about the opportunity cost, like look at Mm -hmm. that. And that's a hard thing to really fully concept because you have to theorize around, okay, I think my time would be better suited to do this and it may well be over the course of six or eight or 10 or a year months, you know, months or a mm-hmm. year. Um, but, uh, it may not be right. you you're, you, yeah. you, you, you kind of have to take a stab at it. And sometimes we dip in, I've, I've run into this repeatedly with bookkeeping where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think my time is worth like the insanity that it creates when I'm like getting into the books and so i'm like i'm mm-hmm. willing to pay you know an accountant and stuff to do that but inevitably uh that's good it, you know we train somebody on getting up to like what our expenses are to a specific point and then they experience turnover and then i got to train another person again and so the the overall cost of that mm-hmm. keeps kind of rubber banding on me or it's <laughs> like you're investing in that in getting them so it's the same thing with an advertising agency for them to be effective they have to understand the keyword, like they're not going to immediately be able to come out of the gate and identify the keywords that you did earlier for your piece where you said Mm -hmm. best glue for PLA or whatever it was Mm -hmm. like, yep. if they're good, maybe they can come up with some of that, but they're going to need guidance. And so Mm -hmm. you have to invest in that relationship. And so that cost sometimes is greater than just Mm -hmm. doing it yourself. Yep. Is that a yep. good answer? I don't know. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I I will also say that, um, you know, in in many cases, it, it sounds silly, but being a bootstrap company, it is so much cheaper uh, to do it yourself. It might not be as fast, but and by doing it yourself, I don't mean you yourself physically. I mean, if you have the ability, if you're a growing company to hire someone on internally and and have them do those specific jobs you're creating social capital within your organization mm-hmm. and you are creating resources within your organization to grow your organization further hiring out to an ad agency or uh you know marketing agency you know they are a business they need to make money they have an overhead and they also have a profit margin you're instantly taking a 30 40 50% cut on every dollar you give them because you're padding their wallets essentially because you're trading for their service. You have to and, pay that premium for sure. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, in many cases, if you're a startup that is that is growing, try your hardest to figure out, hey, can you can you make do until you get a little bit more resources in so that you can then get someone else to continue making do. It might not be the best, It might not be, you know, whatever. Or alternatively, you can try out an ad agency and then they can teach you and train you. And then you can go on your own way. Mm -hmm. That's something that we've been kind of dabbling with is finding an ad agency that works with us and kind of teaches us what we're doing, what we're not doing correctly. And then we apply that ourselves. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, if Mm -hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a little bit of more upfront cost, but at the end of the day, we now know what we're doing, hopefully, <laughs> and can build it.
0: Yeah. So to to add on to that, Josh brings up uh, a CAD class that he likes to do things himself until he reaches the limits of his knowledge, then he hires someone hourly to refine what he's done, and explain what he's missing, later he works toward hiring yeah. someone full-time. It's a great strategy. Um mm-hmm. and, and a good thing. I the other thing I would tack on to this part of the conversation would be, you, you mentioned social capital, but I guess there's also mm-hmm. some intangible costs or less tangible costs in terms of when you're applying a value to something. So mm-hmm. in my bookkeeping example, there is a massive expense in my mental health to that component mm-hmm. or customer yes. service to some extent. As that started to scale and more and more customer service things came in, I was starting to feel overwhelmed or taking things too personally or getting the same thing with the books, getting a little too agitated that the money wasn't where I needed it to be. And so the the insulative effect had value mm-hmm. that is not mm-hmm. immediately tangible, sure. but yeah. it allows me to operate at a much better level because I'm not just stressed about these things that I don't fully enjoy mm-hmm. doing or whatever. And so the, those are the things like we pay premiums for things that we just don't like doing. And there is value in that. Um, sure. sometimes it's a luxury. A lot of times a bootstrap founder, their luxuries, you can't afford to tie back to your personal yeah. life. You may hate cleaning your toilets and your shower and all that stuff. So you hire a house cleaner, right? Mm-hmm. And you realize like, uh, as time as money's getting tight. Well, this is a luxury expense. I can clean my own toilet. I hate doing it. I can clean my own shower. I hate doing it. Is there value in paying that person and giving them a job and a living and all that stuff? And are you willing to compromise a little of that just so that you can feel like when you come home, it's not one more thing staring at you that you have to do that mm-hmm. there's arguably a lot of value in that. And, and only yeah. you can answer that question. Um, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but it, it I, seemed- I like, think it's great. It seemed, yeah. uh, it seemed relevant to me. Let's go back to talking about customer acquisition a little bit, pivot back. Um, so yeah. we talked about going, so trying to drill in on focus, right? So get out of mm-hmm. the bazaar where everybody is yelling and selling and hawking their own wares. Uh, mm-hmm. Try to find those little- um, you know, spin-out sessions or rooms where people are talking about whatever it is that your product or your service solves for them. So that's good. Mm-hmm. My my next thing that I would tether onto that, and you kind of mentioned this too, but it's it's find um find others that have products in support of what you are doing. So, so I don't know mm-hmm. if you noticed or not, I'm not doing this to shout out, but somebody in the chat earlier <laughs> mentioned I had not Mm -hmm. heard about Gloop until I got the free sample that was in my rep box that I got. Yep, We have partnered up and so we do the, Andrew had sent me a bunch of free Mm -hmm. samples. I said, yeah, I'm willing to have my guy put them in the packaging and stuff like that. And that's a great little exposure piece. There's some stuff in there so that you could track if somebody uses the coupon code and and whatnot. A lot of the time Mm -hmm. you have to understand that a a lot of people aren't gonna actually contribute in the metric and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But there's a lot of value in those, those partnerships, building that community, working with other companies that are very closely related. We have partnerships with filament providers, obviously, for, mm-hmm. for what we do. But even the 3D printing community in general, it's growing and everybody's kind of in these sub-segments and niches and, yep. and helping. And together, we can help promote awareness. So reciprocity is a great thing. We use Slice mm-hmm. Engineering, Activated Illumina in our our premium Desiccant drying system uh, yep. kit, uh, and uh, they, you know, have their little thing, and we're happy to partner. They cut us a break on that because we're helping them advertise their stuff uh, as mm-hmm. well. I, I think this is where I keep saying that that rising tide lifts all benches. If we work together, especially when we have finite resources for advertising, we can tap into crossover that Venn diagram of uh, of our customer bases that might be interested in both buying Gloop and a rep box or desiccate mm-hmm. and a rep box or filament, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Spend some time, make some friends, do the networking. This is why networking <laughs> is important. And that will come back to you. Like these are the... This is the savings. This is this is social mm-hmm. savings uh yep. that you invest in over time so that you can make those deals because it's super easy for like anytime you call me up and say, Hey, we're thinking about doing this, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm here to help you out because we've worked together mm-hmm. and I know you do the same for me. Uh and yep. and that just amplifies things greatly. So be mm-hmm. a good steward to your community, make sure that you are willing to ask for help, but also willing to give help. Um, and, and that will get you really far in and help with your customer acquisition. Sometimes there's strategies and I know there's legal considerations around. It's like, I can't just ask you to share your email (laughs) list with me. Like people have to sign up for Mm -hmm. things and stuff, but there are ways, like I said, well, if you want it, can you put our collateral in here and let us capture those that are at least willing to, to be part of it? Yep. Good strategy. Yeah. And I'll do the same for you. So reciprocity is a great Great tactic for absolutely acquisition what other tips uh on the acquisition front and then we're going to switch over to oh geez we're already past 10 yeah uh, i was gonna say we've already done a solid
1: 60 ah, solid 60 <laughs> okay
0: um yeah. let's let's try to let's 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 pivot then really quick let's talk about some retention and then we'll wrap it all up mm-hmm. for today um yeah. okay so we've talked about metrics we've talked about tracking and all of that stuff so now you've you've got your customers you brought them in you're looking at the data mm-hmm. you're mining the data you're analyzing all this stuff uh, what do you do to understand what your cost of retention really is like is there are there metrics yeah. for that so there
1: are um, a lot of those are harder to find yep. because you know unfortunately many of the platforms they don't like break it out um, as easily. But uh, for us, what we'll do is every six months or so, we'll download all of our data and we'll run it through. Um, We have like an Excel database thing that we've set up that will basically look at the number of times a customer orders. Um, You know, we can see this all individually if we click on the customers, you know, individually, but it basically calculates out how much they've ordered, what their lifetime value is, how frequently they order. um, And we essentially rate that customer. Um, And it, it basically allows us to figure out How do we either tailor to that customer to keep them happy and keep coming back? Or how do we get more customers like them? And so we try and see, hey, did they respond to a sale? Did they respond to, um, you know, our discounts? We have some repeat customers that just come and buy our products. No discounts, no anything, no, they just keep coming back. And those are a different class of customer, and in many cases, they don't want to be bothered with our email marketing and all of that other stuff. And so we right. segment them; right. we keep them in a separate list, and we only contact them if there is an important news about a new product or right. something else to right. let them know. Right? Because they're already supporting us, no matter what. Right.
0: Um, and and you, you don't know. and you don't want to work against yourself where it's like if you just have an understanding yeah. of like oh my god, I hate getting emails. Like there there are people you will mm-hmm. lose customers. From yes. Over reaching out in the wrong way. So that, mm-hmm. that, that stuff, again, you have to try to find ways to get to a deeper understanding of what motivates and doesn't. Some people love text marketing. Other people hate it They're, you know, and, and vice versa with email. And, uh, so, so, you know, we didn't even get into the social media, uh, mm-hmm. marketing and the advertising is deep. It goes deep, 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 deep guys. So there, there's a lot, a mm-hmm. lot of meat on that bone, as I like to say. Um, the, the i'd say the takeaway is on retention like you said to echo what you're saying you actually have that that data and that information like a lot of these mm-hmm. solutions you already have in front of you it's just a question of if you thought about it and if you're u- leveraging it in a right way segmentation yeah. is very powerful and as your list mm-hmm. grows it becomes more and more important right where it's like we start to offer we have a broader offering in our store every month than we did before where it's like We've got people that are solely coming to us for resale stuff that buy uh, 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 Revo and Gloop and all these other stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're not interested in the CR30 things that we sell and all that stuff. The people that are doing belt printing and stuff are very interested in the latest, you know, upgrades that we've shown and all, you know, done all this stuff. And like, we've got a great segmentation of people that have bought uh, just those things. And we can mm-hmm. make our list so that when we're sending our message to them, it is only stuff that's relevant to them. There's, there's power in that. Yeah. And when you establish that trust with them and show them that you're only providing information that they want, that amplifies their desire to be a consistent customer for you. Right. Cause they feel heard, they feel seen all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I would, I would also say that a lot of like, uh, the, the e-commerce packages out there. Like if you start looking like the analytics are very robust, you Shopify, mm-hmm. I love it. They're always telling me, here's your top five customer. Like you said, you rank like Shopify yep. will do all that for you. This mm-hmm. person historically makes this many purchases or whatever they haven't bought. You might want to reach out or you're, here's your B2B crowd. You know, mm-hmm. they've spent $20,000 with you over the course of the last year maybe send them a nice christmas card mm-hmm. you know like you yep, like you've got absolutely. things that are like oh you know uh a, a, mm-hmm. what percentage of your bread and butter is coming from you know the top 5% yeah make sure that you are acknowledging and thank you you'd be surprised how much a a thank you note uh mm-hmm. will do
1: Yep. And then I would say, lastly, you know, one of the things we've been experimenting with is some sort of gamify of reward systems. Um, you know, I think, I think Prusa does this really well with their printables where you can get Prusa meters and they gamified it. Um, you know, Prusa is a much bigger company and, you know, it's not a unique idea, but it's like, ah, we were working on similar things, you know, with Gloop and and loyalty programs.
0: Sure, Loyalty,
1: exactly. And so the more, the more people use our products or, you know, whatever, um, you know, we wanted to figure out ways in which we could reward them, um, the more times that they purchase You know, every dollar that they spend, they earn points towards a new bottle or whatever it was. Uh, And so we started experimenting and playing in with that. And that's where exclusive, again, segmentation of your lists come out and you can then offer exclusive discounts to these customers or exclusive things to these, you know, these people that are constantly supporting you. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's actually got a a doubly powerful component of the sense where it's like, if you create a, um, a loyalty program and you, you're able to almost create your own, uh, currency, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way that now, now they've, you've got them and you've got something that they can only spend in your store. And if you can get Mm -hmm. enough demand for that, think about, think about, uh, how much money is probably tied up in, in Starbucks, um, Mm-hmm. You know, stars and and that and that loyalty yeah. program. I think we talked about this before, but it's like massive companies start to realize that, that there is a whole financial services component of, of income. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, I keep money on my Starbucks stars, you know, or account or what what do they call it, the gold thing? Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're they're just think about the billions of dollars they're just raking in in interest from that. I mean, I know Prusa meters mm-hmm. isn't you know there yet, but. Yeah, you can see the vision of what they're building with that retention yep. and loyalty program. And, and it's like, you're, you're, you're grown to the entity. That, I mean, that's, that's how you know, you've made it right. Where it's like, you have your own currency. Mm-hmm. That's yep. pretty, that's pretty incredible. Um, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, solid 60, solid seventy six twenty nine today, my friend, <laughs> uh, we got to get back to spectacle creation and all the other things that we yes. do in our business you guys need to go back to makering your monies as well. I want to thank everybody that's been in the chat, feeding us awesome questions, comments. I'm sorry if we didn't get to all of it. Uh, uh, we did see it. Practical printing, Chris, I didn't even get to say hi, but uh, I, thank you for your comments. And um, I, I love, I keep them coming. Uh, and and Josh and our regulars, Creatrix Spray, good to see you guys. Come join us again next week. I will tease the guest right now. We will have a guest again next week. Uh, Retro Maker uh and many of you guys he's up and coming uh i got to meet him in person at rocky mountain rep rap festival top tier designer i think i want to say he was like an architect by trade but he's got massive design chops releasing a ton of really great designs you can follow him on ch- twitter check him out on twitter check him out on printables all that stuff i think he's on all the major creating platforms but i'm really excited to be talking to him next week so we'll have him on and uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about where he is and where he wants to be with his his business because he's making a go of it. He's uh, he's selling some of his designs. I think he's printing some of his stuff and selling them in his Etsy store. We're gonna get into that. So join us next week for that at awesome. nine a.m. Pacific. Uh, and we will catch you then. Until then, everybody have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for joining and continue makering that money. Bye bye now.